Mud Boots is brought to you by the Stewart Foundation. The Stewart Foundation is dedicated to improving the well-being and life outcomes for young people through education. To learn more, explore stewartfoundation.org. Welcome to Mud Boots. My name is Paul Reynolds, and I have the pleasure of journeying with you through the fields of education as we explore what whole child education is, where it came from, and how, after nearly a century of effort, how it's finally being implemented even in district public schools. For those who listened to our pilot episode, we had the pleasure of talking with Jonathan Raymond, who was superintendent of Sacramento City Unified School District from around 2009 to 2013, where he and his team implemented whole child education across the entire district. No easy task. Sacramento is a large urban district and was beset by problems with budget, academic achievement, and graduation rates. We won't repeat the details right now, since you can listen to episode one and even read about it in more detail in his book, Wildflowers, a school superintendent's challenge to America. What we're focused on in episode two is the impact on the student as really the core of what whole child education is all about. So on today's Mud Boots episode, I have the pleasure of talking with two former students who experienced the impact of whole child education during Jonathan Raymond's tenure as superintendent. Without further ado, I'd like to introduce our first guest, Matt Garber, former student and now teacher in the Sacramento City Unified School District at the John Cabrillo Elementary School. Uh, Paul, how are you today? Great to have you uh, join us, Matt. Um, thanks for taking the time out to talk about whole child education. A little bit about me first, just to share. I am a product of Sacramento City Unified Schools. I had a lot of experience in Sacramento City Unified School District, coming back to it now as a teacher and working with Mr. Raymond when he was a superintendent. And just noticing the change from when I was a student to what I'm giving my students today is just a wonderful change. You actually pursued education as your career path. Did that experience with whole child education impact your practice today, and will it impact your practice moving forward? I was raised in a single mother household. My mom is actually a um, teacher as well. And so she has always told me growing up that I'd make a wonderful teacher and a coach or something within that um, capacity. Um, it wasn't until I did, I had high school, and if I could rewind a little bit to when I met Mr. Raymond, my high school senior project was coming up, and I was um, at the time in my senior year in high school, and I was uh, struggling a little bit with academics, managing academics and um, athletics. And I, I really didn't know what I wanted to do growing up. I was I was confused. I knew that I, I needed to attend college. I, my mom, aunts, uncles, other people that were um, influential to me had successful lives and successful careers, but. They always told me I wish I could have went went to college, and so I always saw that as something I I needed to do. Just but I was stuck. I didn't know what I wanted to go to college to actually do. Um, just as much as I didn't know what I wanted to do for my senior project in high school, and I had friends and um, 
other peers that were exploring careers, shadowing people that were uh, respected judges, police officers, um, someone who's working within the mayor's office. I mean, all these very influential people. And I'm sitting here in my counselor's office, and it was near the end of a school day, and I'm sitting there and I'm going, I just, I don't know what I'm going to do. I have no idea. The deadline for picking a project's coming up. I don't want to do something that I'm not going to be proud of. And uh, my counselor, I just received email from Superintendent Raymond. Every week he sent out uh, letters to all staff, something that I I loved seeing him do, especially when I worked in his office, reading his weekly letters every week. And she goes, well, how about, how about this guy? And I go, who? And she goes, the superintendent. And I go, no, 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 no. No superintendent of our schools is going to take the time and just work with one child, one student. I mean, he's got, you know, 40,000 other students. And she told me, well, why don't you email him? Here's his email right here. So I sent it. A week went by and nothing. I think a couple more days went by and nothing. And I, I came back and I said, you know what? I'm just going to figure something else out. This isn't meant to be. I told you, this, this superintendent guy, Mr. Jonathan Raymond, he's just, he's, he's got too much to do. And then later that week, I get an email back from his office, and it says he would love to meet with me, sit down, and explore the possibilities of this, and he was interested in it, he wanted to move forward, and he wanted to meet me. I just love, I love that story. He was reaching out and really broadcasting that he did care about everybody, but then, you know, it's kind of unimaginable that somebody at that level could possibly end up having a connection with the kids on the front line, but there he did it, and just love the way you, you told that story. And it is, that, that is a transformational moment when somebody notices you and takes the time to figure out who you are and give you the opportunity. You know, the biggest thing, as you just mentioned, too, with Mr. Raymond, is always reaching out and putting children first. As uh, Mr. Raymond was as a school superintendent, reaching out to a senior in high school, one of thousands, and saying, come shadow me. Going to meetings with the school superintendent and seeing him so enlightened and interested in what other people have to bring to the table and cultivating that to create change and to really help our students is definitely something that I've watched him do and continue to do. And as he goes into great detail about in his book, Wildflowers, as he discusses whole child education in action, Reaching out to those children, greeting them with a handshake, fist bump, high five, going to their sporting events on the weekend or extracurricular activities, just watching them change when they're in their classroom. At our school site, we have a flag football team for intermediate students. I teach a fourth, fifth grade split classroom, so I have a lot of students that are actually participating on this uh, flag football team and just Going to the games and watching other students, I'm meeting more students that I normally wouldn't meet. My students are coming at me with a different approach, a different relationship. And I just, I love it because they see me as supporting them, which I always am. But with whole child, we can support the student. But if, if we don't go out of our way and kind of get into this whole child in action, they may never understand that support. That's great. I was speaking with Jonathan. He makes a real point that, you know, that learning is you know, beyond the cognitive, the, the academic, it is social and emotional. And that emotional connection with, with a student is so key to know that somebody cares about the whole you, not just the academic testable you, 
One of my high school teachers at West Campus, Miss Mary Luca, I remember my freshman year, and she had this reputation that she was a strict teacher, no nonsense. You didn't want to get on Miss Luca's bad side because she was strict. So all year, Miss Luca and I butt heads my freshman year and left on a, you know, not the most positive note. There's a couple times where she would go to my basketball coach and say, you know, Matt's not doing this in class, Matt's doing this in class, and my basketball coach would say, you know, I'm not going to play as much, and I'd get mad at Miss Luca, and I'd go back and say, you know, the immature freshman version of me, and say, it's your fault I didn't play, and you know, and after many parent conferences later, I'm done with Miss Luca. I'm I don't have to I don't be in her class anymore. Well, junior year rolls around, and my English teacher on my schedule is Miss Luca. I was more mature now. It's in my late teens, I was moving on. So we end on a semi-positive note, and I say, okay, I'm, I'm officially done with Miss Luca. We're close enough to where I'll say hi to her in the hallways if her senior year rolls around, and Miss Luca's my English teacher. You know, I, I run to my counselors, and I go, can I just please, please, please get me a new English teacher? You know, please. They go, no, you know, you get Miss Luca. That's who you get. And I go, okay. Miss Luca oversaw my senior project. She saw how hard I worked. I got a perfect score on that my presentation and we leave the year and she shakes my hand and she tells me she's proud of me and to keep in touch with me and I thought oh Miss Luca you're just you're just telling me that and so you know a couple months go by it's midsummer I've been uh, working part-time at the local grocery store and one day I'm buying groceries and I look up and I go how you doing today you know and it was Miss Luca and I, I go what are you doing here you know and it's it's a local grocery store she's shopping for groceries duh every time she came in I'd stop what I'm doing, and we'd probably chat for 15, 20 minutes and just catch up. How's college going? How's this going? And to this day, I mean, we're still in contact. She's been a great help as far as navigating the educational field. When I've had questions with college assignments and things like that, you know, when she stopped in the store or email or whatever, it's the whole child in action forming a relationship with Ms. Luca. I think it's incredible that years later, out of college, in my my career now, that I'm still in touch with this person that I couldn't wait to get out of her classroom every morning. If if somebody came up to you and said, "Oh, I heard you talking about whole child," you know, educating the whole child, do you have a definition for that? Is that is that something that you can put into language for you know the layperson to figure out what that means? I'd argue that whole child education looks different from school site to school site, classroom to classroom. The, the, the learning, the uh, engagement is just so much more there. The relationship between them and I, educating the whole child is just, it's very, it, it comes down to little things too. I've, I've got students every day that run late to school and they're hungry. Our cafeteria at our school site does provide students for breakfast, but when I have students that are you know coming in 45 uh, minutes to an hour late, with fourth and fifth graders and a lot of our students, it's it's not their fault if they're tardy to school and they don't want to learn. They, they, their stomachs are growling. They, they, they want, they need food. And so just having a granola bar to give them. Some of my students get frustrated sometimes with material and they're not able to understand it. So just telling them, you know what? Take a minute, take a deep breath. When you're ready, come to me. I'll give you all the help that you need, but just letting students know that, yes, we are here to learn and create academic achievements, but that's not the only focus that we have. In my classroom, 
I want you to not only learn the math, learn the English language arts, learn the science, learn the social science, but I want you to enjoy it. But I also want you to learn how to be a person in a working environment, how to become part of a team, how to share with your peers, how to talk to your peers, how to collaborate and just develop yourself as an academic person and a social and an emotional person. And so definitely just working on all parts of ourselves and especially with the younger students. But this is something that I would love to see as an educator evolve into middle schools and high schools is students that you could argue need this whole child education more than younger students at times. We see so much of our middle school, high school, our teenage, our adolescent students struggling with social issues, allocating time to provide this whole child education to those students is something that I, I hope to see as I continue my career in education. But I, I love serving my students. But what about the person who's listening and who says, it sounds, you know, really sounds nice, but the educational system is a system. we got to get a lot of kids through. We do not have time to be customizing education for every kid. There's not enough ROI on this to, to spend the time. How, how would you try and get them to understand why it actually is worth the time? You know, as uh, Mr. Raymond mentions in his book, and he's mentioned to me time and time, the most simple thing is a greeting, you know, a high five. We've got just, just that morning greeting can change their entire day. And just give it a try. Try old child education, and you'll realize the instant feedback your students give you. And just building those relationships and start slow. You don't, nobody needs to dive into the deep end for anything. Just try it. And that, that's my biggest thing is you'll see results. And if results aren't test scores, they don't always need to be test scores. At the end of the day, we're helping young individuals grow up to be contributing members of society, to do what they want, to achieve their dreams and goals. And to do that, they, our students need to realize that Somebody cares about you and somebody supports you. You know, the memories that you share today in today's podcast were really about teachers who noticed you and they cared about you. Thank you, Paul. It's a long journey, but put your mud boots on and go explore. Thank you. And now we'll be speaking with Anton, a current high school junior in Sacramento who was only in second grade when Jonathan Raymond's tenure started as superintendent, but remembers his impact in a big way. Exciting to connect with Anton. Anton is is one of the stars of the show of, of Wildflowers, Jonathan Raymond's book, Wildflowers, a school superintendent's challenge to America. And one of the stories that he tells is the story of Anton. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for taking the time. We, we are actually connecting from Boston. And where are you right now, Anton? I'm in Sacramento, California. I think probably a good place to start is just, just telling the audience a little bit about yourself, uh, what grade you're in now. When Jonathan Raymond was superintendent, you were in school at the time. At what, what age were you when, when Jonathan arrived on the scene? So I was in second grade, so I'd say I was seven or eight years old. But now I'm 
16 years old, still living here in Sacramento, California, doing a lot of bike racing here in California and uh, hopefully around the nation soon. That's awesome. That's great. You'll have to race and come to Boston and visit us here. So that's cool. You were you were a very little kid when Jonathan Raymond came in on the scene and had a different idea about refocusing the education system to focus on, strangely enough, the kids. It's it's weird, isn't it, right? That we it, want to focus on the kids right? <laughs> in the education system. Yeah. You know, in in the my opening piece in the very beginning of the show, I, I say it's shockingly obvious. Shouldn't it be obvious that that's where we should start? But, you know, like a lot of systems, they they grow in complexity and they're designed to be really efficient. You know, get kids in, get kids out. And sometimes the system forgets who it's really serving. So, you know, when, when people talk about whole child education, you probably don't run around saying that's that's what the term was. but how would you describe the different approach? I think I would I would probably describe it as making sure that the the kids are heard not just through what's on a test score or what's on a piece of paper that they've turned into their teacher, but how how would they express themselves, how they articulate their ideas and it goes far beyond, like I said, the test scores, it goes to mentally, you know, the child's mental health and also it it also uh comes to what i did and that's standing up for issues in the school so it's not just about like you said getting kids in and getting kids out it's about making sure that well while the kids are in that they can really develop as adults and part of that is letting their voices be heard i know there was a story in the wildflowers book that mr raymond talks about Right. It was the cafeteria story. Can you share that story? I believe I was. This was the very start of second grade when I was in the cafeteria. I was buying lunch at school and I had told my my mom had asked me, what are the trays made out of? And um, I I said, I don't don't know, but I can try to take one home for you someday. (laughs) Try to sneak one home. And and so I did. And um, it, it was styrofoam. And she did not like that. She expressed to me immediately how bad that was for the environment and how uh, those trays can really take a long time to break down. And uh, But she said the only way anything is going to get done is if this, the kids say something. I gathered a few, few of my friends, um, I, my sister as well, and we started bringing our own trays to school. <laughs> yeah, we'd be walking in there with IKEA trays uh, that were that we would eventually take home and they'd be reused and and it showed that there would be alternatives. However, that idea of, you know, kids bringing in trays every day themselves just wouldn't wasn't going to work out. I remember one day Jonathan Raymond was visiting our classroom. And I knew, I, I just knew the moment he walked in, if there's any time to say something, this guy looks like a, a tip-top guy. He looks like a, a smart guy, or he seems to be a leader. And I thought, right now is when I'll ask, you know, hey, we have these styrofoam trays that take forever to break down in the environment. Is there a way we can make 
a change to this and make environmental friendly trays. Of course, it wasn't in that language because I was in second grade. And how, what was his reaction when you, when you brought that up? He was very good with listening to me. It wasn't just like, oh, here comes another kid talking to me. Oh, he's in second grade. He doesn't know what he talk, what he's talking about. It was like, yeah, we should listen to him. And so he, he did hear me out. And soon enough, I think we had a letter in the mail that said I was invited to a school board meeting to discuss the styrofoam trays issue. And I, I was invited there and they, told my story and they and then at the end of the night i was told um by jonathan raymond on the microphone to everyone that the district would be changing from styrofoam trays uh to biodegradable environmental friendly trays that would break down in much less time than the styrofoam trays and i was given my first styrofoam um, my first biodegradable tray which I still have. Well, it's a it's a cool story because, you know, in and of itself, that is awesome, right? You 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 spotted a problem, you connected with your mom, and this whole idea of, you know, whole child, whole community. Your mother is also part of this ecosystem of, you know, being being part of how you're being taught and the environment you're being taught in. And that collaboration with your mom was brought into the school. You end up collaborating within your classroom all the way up to the superintendent level. So that ecosystem of change is really the other piece of whole child. So it's about you, but it's also about who's listening to you. And I think that can that sticks true to uh, to today. I mean, we still have issues within our school that uh, people raise awareness about, but I feel like a lot of the times uh, it's it's seen as oh the kids are just acting up again or they're just raising an issue that doesn't make any sense. So here you were second grade, you had the benefit of being in the school while Jonathan Raymond was there. Are there you know how are things going now? Do you feel like the the changes that Jonathan championed or the approach is um still in progress? Is there is there work to be done? What's your what's your take on things today? I think he's left an impact uh, mainly on the school board because now we have a student representative on the school board who uh, has our voices heard. Actually, she attends my high school, and she has set up a great program where there's an anonymous box in the counselor's office where you can voice concerns about whatever is going on in school. And uh, I think I think uh, Jonathan Raymond really left that impact that, yes, kids, kids voices do need to be heard on on that high of a level in the school district. You should always never be afraid to speak up for what's right and what's true to your heart, no matter what anyone else says or no matter what opposition opposition you face. It's important to be who you are and stand up for what you believe in. That's good. That's good. Yeah, kudos. Just kudos to your mom. By the way, <laughs> you brought that issue home, and your mom was just like, "Okay, you got to get back in there and <laughs> fight this good fight." She she charged you with the mission to go back in and and uh, gave you the the confidence. Clearly, that social emotional piece that she's teaching you is like, you know what, um, Anton, 
get in there, use your voice, go make, go make change. If so, I can just say really quickly to Jonathan Raymond, come out to California, come visit. Well, thank you very much. And you are now officially part of the Mud Boots <laughs> uh, whole child mission. So, you know, thanks. Thanks again. It's Great. been my pleasure. Next week on Mud Boots, we journey cross country to Washington, D.C. to speak with Karen Pittman, CEO, president and co-founder of the Forum for Youth Investment. Karen is a sociologist, author and columnist as well as one of the country's top leaders in youth issues and policy. Join us as she speaks to the role of nurturing a whole community in supporting, developing, and educating the whole child. Thank you for listening to this episode of Mud Boots. For more information about this podcast or other resources on whole child education, journey to www.wholechildchallenge.org. Keep those Mud Boots handy and join us on the next episode. Mud Boots is a co-production of the Stewart Foundation and Fable Vision Studios.